welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Well, we're going to continue with our series um, we're doing about Holy Spirit, and today we're going to be talking about following the witness, following the witness of Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Lord Jesus, that you are King of kings. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you that you are above all. We thank you, Jesus, that we reverence your Lordship this morning, that Holy Spirit glorifies you. It's his role is to glorify you, Jesus. And so we lift you high, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. That You speak to each heart, my heart. You'd help me to teach this. Bring it out this morning, what you have for the people, what you have for each one of us, so we can take it and we can run with it and we can apply it to our lives in your name. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week we were looking at scripture in Romans in chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led, guided, by the Spirit, these are the sons of God, as many as are led. And we looked at that word led is from the Greek word ago, A-G-O. And it, it has the implication, and it really means, is if you were to put a rope around an animal, you know, they would have in those days put a rope around an animal and just brought it along, just give a wee tug to go this direction and that direction. And so here, it's the same thing in that as many as are led, by a little tug in our spirit and a little tug in our hearts. These are the sons of God. And so we've got to know and be sensitive to the promptings of Holy Spirit when he tugs. <gasps> Take note of that. Take note. And, um, you know, Holy Spirit, we looked at in depth that he is a spirit of truth. He's going to, um, everything we do, everything that um, we do in God, Everything we do according to that prompting, according to that leading, according to he leads us in peace. Then we're going to end up in the right place at the right time with the right people, married to the right person, in the right employment, and so forth. And so we looked at all of that. So we need to develop that sensitivity. It's crucial. It's not an option. Yeah, it's an option because we all have choice. But other than that, I'm saying to you, it really is not an option if you're going to have a successful Christian life. You've got to take heed to Holy Spirit, the guide, the helper inside. He is sent by the Father. When Jesus went back to the Father, he was sent to us to help. Hallelujah. Verse 15 there of the same passage, Romans 8, 15 says, Now you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So we've not received a spirit of a bondage to fear. We've not received a spirit of fear. And we're not to be led by fear. We should never, ever let fear lead us. And sometimes we're not maybe conscious that fear would be leading us, but I've tried to train myself to go, okay, right now, what is leading me? Is there any fear involved? And I'm sort of sussing that out. No, that is fear, and you're not going to lead me. Because the enemy will always want to bring up fear constantly. You get a bad report from the hospital, 
And you're, you're going to have to fight that fear over and over. I mean, I tell you, sometimes every few seconds, fear can come in that strong. Anybody been there? And every few seconds, you liar. That's not the truth. And it comes again, liar. That's not the truth. You, I'm not receiving that report. And so you're taking authority over that spirit. You're not letting it lead you. If you, if you give in, you say, yeah, well, that's a terrible report. You know, the doctors have just said this over me. And, you know, I really believe God's a healer. I believe that word, but the doctors have said this. And you're telling this one. You're telling, and I'm not saying not to tell certain people, but you don't have to, you know, you understand what I'm saying. But I'm telling this. I'm telling that person work. I'm telling the other. And what are you doing? You're fortifying the fearful bad report. So we're not letting to let fear lead us. And um, fear will just limit you any which way, kind of try to keep you in a box. And God does not want us limited. Hallelujah. But you know, when we let God lead us, He's going to lead us into a broad place. He's going to lead us into a good place. We're going to be fulfilled. We're going to be happy. It doesn't mean everything is easy. Fine and dandy, but you know that you are following Holy Ghost. He's with you. He's in you, and you've got a peace. So you're looking always for the peace. Say peace. Tell your neighbor, I'm looking for the peace. So inside, if you ever are making a decision or say somebody's even preaching from a pulpit, hopefully it would never be in this pulpit, but all of a sudden, they're preaching something, and inside goes a niggle. Mm-mm. Something's not right. What's that? It's it's the Holy Spirit prompting. There's maybe a bit of wrong doctrine mixed in there. You understand? The Holy Spirit will keep you. He'll keep you safe and everything. Because you never want wrong doctrine mixed with the truth. And that's how it comes. There'll always be some truth, but you'll have wrong doctrine. can come in there and... Not good, because well, that's another subject. So, Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you into fruitfulness. He's going to lead you out of lack into abundance, if you let him. He's going to bring that. He's going to bring good friends, good relationships into your life. But you have to make up your mind. I'm always going to be led and endeavor to be led by Holy Spirit. You know, some people can be head-led. They can be logic-led, try and reason it out. No, nobody here would ever do that. They can be emotional. You know, something hits us and something happens to one of our kids and, oh, mom, we just fly into that big bear comes out. We're really emotional. And I'm just going to do this. But when you get back and you're sitting, you inquire, Holy Spirit, you go, oh, no, I'm not actually going to do that. See? But if you are going acting that quick out of those emotions, you'd have probably done the wrong thing. So uh, we're not going to be emotional-led, opportunity-led. Opportunities will always present themselves. But it doesn't mean just because it's brilliant, great opportunity, even in your career, or it presents itself, you've got to follow. Okay, what are you saying, Holy Spirit, about this? Where's the peace? Do I have a peace? So it could be a wonderful opportunity, but Holy Ghost knows the future, remember? So you're following the peace. You don't always take the good opportunities. You listen to Holy Spirit. Employment, we're not going to be employment. We're not going to be led by our career. You know, I've known people that just move, they just take up 
from where they are, from one city or one nation, because an opportunity has come in another nation, that's okay and that happens as long as Holy Spirit is behind it, as long as they're following the peace. But if they're just going to reroute everything, their family and move location because of a job or career, and they leave the local church that God has planted them in, I tell you, church comes before employment. Church comes before career. So if it's ever a decision like that, well, I have to take this career over here, I have to go over here, you know, um, to advance my profession or something, but God has placed you in a local church, and he's not told you to move that church. It doesn't matter what presents itself in your career. You don't move, because... Your ministry comes, and where God has planted you, comes before that. Unless God tells you, I'm shifting you here, I'm going to give you a new local church, and it witnesses with your heart and with those around about you. So, you remember Naomi, and in the Bible, and her husband Elimelech, they left uh, Bethlehem, and that word Bethlehem means house of bread, they left there uh, because there was famine in the land. And they had two sons, and they took the, the, the two sons, and they went to Moab, where they served pagan gods. They took their two sons away from that, you know, from the land of Israel to, to live with pagans who didn't know God. And after a while, they were there for ten years, and during that ten, ten years, we know Elimelech died, the husband of Naomi. And the two sons get married, and the two sons died. And Naomi was left with two daughter-in-laws. And then she heard that there was uh, meat and every the famine had lifted, and eventually went back to Bethlehem. But she and her husband were led by circumstance. Oh, there's famine in the land, we're going to move. What happened to all the other people that lived through the famine? They didn't all move. So don't be led by outward circumstances, amen? There's people will try to lead you. People will try to come up and they'll they'll say, well, I I believe this, or why do you do that? Or, you know, I'm doing this, so I think that'd be good. Why don't you do that too? Why don't you come along too? But if you have a check in your spirit, don't go over the check. So are people to lead you? Or is the Holy Ghost to lead you? What happens is Holy Ghost will lead and maybe people can confirm that. You've got to have it in here first, first. I've seen children lead parents. Children can lead parents. You know, I've seen children decide what church the parents go to. Oh, well, we love it over here. It's a great church. Kids are happy. Well, what parent doesn't want to see their kids happy? And so after a while, the the parents get up and the whole family goes to the other church. That's okay if... Possibly in some situations, maybe when, when um, kids aren't properly planted in the house of the Lord, what I'm trying to say is, say it was in the kids' ministry and we're reaching children here and the parents and they don't know the Lord, that little child is saved, that, holy, that little child is Holy Spirit. You know, maybe parents will follow them into this house or another church and so it, it, the Bible says a little child will lead them. So a little child can lead parents into salvation, into the house. But when a family's planted in a house, 
the little ch- the children are not to lead the parents to another house. The parents are to make the decision. You understand? So I'm talking to you parents today. You are responsible for your kids, or whatever age, up to that age in your home, and you decide where God has planted you. Amen? So we're not to be children. Jesus is our example, and um, he always was led to the Spirit. We've looked at this before in previous weeks. You know, after he was baptized, it says, look, look one, it says, after Jesus was baptized, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, remember Holy Spirit came down as a dove, rest upon him, said, this is my beloved son. But it says, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You know, I'm sure Jesus would have had to put reason aside there. My father's just said, well done. Well done. My ministry's beginning. There's no way I'm being led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. To be tempted, that's obviously Satan. But he was led by the Spirit. So sometimes and many times when you're led by the Spirit, your head doesn't understand. Anybody notice that? Head does Your head's trying to catch up, and sometimes it never does. It really doesn't. And, you know, your head's scrambling, scrambling. And, uh, but, you know, when when you know Holy Spirit, and you know how he tugs in your heart, and you know how he speaks to you, then you have great confidence. So today, what is leading you? Primarily, what is leading you? You know, how, how are you led? What are you being led by? Are you being just a person that, that's made up their mind, I'm always going to be led by Holy Ghost. Because that's where your success is going to be. Because many voices are going to come. And if the devil can't, um, you know, a lot of times the devil will come and he's just trying to push us. He's trying to push us into wrong decisions. He's trying to push us to go through uh, wrong doors. He'll use fear. He'll, he'll use manipulation. But if we're spirit-led, we're going to cut off the opportunities that the devil would seek to have because he can only do what we permit him. So he'll try and get us, as I've said, into fear. And if we take on fear and we let fear lead us, well, there, you know, we're letting that spirit of fear lead us. But if we say no to fear, how is Satan going to get in there? So he's always going to try, Satan's always going to try and trip us up, defeat us, lead us the wrong way, prepare traps for us, but hallelujah, we've explored in previous weeks, we've got that guide, Holy Spirit, and he's been out in the future, he's seen all the pitfalls, and he knows how to just take us, oh, there's a mine here, and take you around here, oh, and there's another one, and move you, and, and sometimes in your head you're going, I don't get this, this is really weird, this is strange, nobody else is doing this. And that's when it becomes very difficult. When you look around, nobody else is, you know. But he's, he's weaving you through things. And it's the greatest life you can live. Close with Holy Spirit. Being guided, led by Holy Spirit. Amen? And he's not a respecter of persons. He's in all of us that have asked Jesus into our heart. And he's going to lead all of us as diligently as the neighbor. Uh, it's just wonderful. Hallelujah. So, praise God. Um, So then that verse 16 of Romans 8 says, 
Romans 8 and verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness. So the Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, bears witness. Because in your Bible you should have a capital S there and a small s when it's our spirit. Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So there's a witness. We, we know when we ask the Lord into our heart, we know that we're secure, we're going to heaven. There's a witness there. Something shifted. So he witnesses with our spirit. Notice he doesn't witness with our head. Doesn't witness with our head. Doesn't say that. He witnesses with our spirit. Our spirit is down here. Out of our belly flows rivers of living water. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Um, so we're not going to be led by our head. Remember, the real, real me is my spirit. I have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And I live in a body. The real Karen is the spirit Karen. I need a body to get the spirit about. And the body I didn't pick was the Lord. Pick this body and give me the curly hair and the skinny feet and we'll just stop there, okay? But we need a body to get our spirits around. But the real us is our spirit. So many people are led by their body. Their body wants to rest and sleep in on a Sunday morning. They're going to, oh, I'm not going to church. I'm just going to sleep in. Or they're led by their emotions. There's from the soul, their mind, or they're willful. I don't know anybody who's really willful, do we? We don't live with anybody who's very willful. We can really exercise that will. Some people are very well, they're very strong in that soulish realm. And it's good, God gives certain people strong wills for what He has for them, the call, and what He has for them to do in life. But we're not to be led by that strong will. That strong will kicks in. In other words, gee, God, by the Holy Spirit, says, go this way. Well, now we know our direction. The will, when it gets tough, that person with a strong will comes right in, and they can keep going. When others would go, oh, I can't go anymore. That one with a strong will keeps going. See? That's where the will, it's secondary, comes in to the spirit, to follow spirit. We're not to be led inter, um, from external, like we looked at Naomi and Abimelech, led by external circumstances. We're always to be led from inside, always from inside. And that's the one thing that keeps me safe. When I'm examining what's leading me, even if I don't quite pinpoint it, and it's not really hard to pinpoint what's leading me at any given time, but always make sure I'm being led inside here in inside so the main way that we're led by the spirit is by the inner witness okay so that inner witness it's that knowing it's a knowing in your knower we've talked about it before have that just knowing i just know in your knower and that knowing that witness will never contradict the word so see if you've got something in your spirit and it's it contradicts that it's wrong it's a wrong, and you have to go back and go, oh, I better check what's going on in my knower, because you're not listening to your knower, because in your knower, that knowing and that witness will always line up with what this word says. But it may not line up with what 
your reason and your head says, okay, many times it won't. So obeying that inner witness is absolutely essential to being successful and um, not ignoring it. And so, you know, I wanted just to give a few examples from my life. Um, I've said before, Holy Spirit knows our future. So there's a time here, Andrew Womack, some of us have been listening to Andrew Womack a wee bit more these days. And um, Andrew Womack was here a number of times in the past, but one time he was here in, in 1995. Uh, um, and uh, Brian and I were one year married at the time, and the sanctuary was all different then. I think the platform was up this way, I think, yeah, because the altar call was here. I was round, bound, down in that back corner, and at the end of the night, Andrew was about to close off, and then he says, is there anybody in here that sense that God's going to call them to pastor? And I, to be honest, I'd never really considered that before. Well, that's a lie. I had considered it before because I grew up in a pastor's home, and probably like most of it, we'd considered it. And like, well, if they're like me, but I had considered and said, I'm never going to pastor, and I'm never going to marry a pastor, right? Because... There's a cost, there's a price, isn't that right? And probably a lot of pastor's kids have said that before. And I was one of them. So there was not this big burning thing in me, I'm going to be a pastor one day. I'd not seen that. And it came out of the blue when Andrew Womack said, anybody want? And all of a sudden, what happened inside? My spirit witnessed. Something's going off. I go, what is that? And so I walked over to Brian. He was somewhere over here. He says, I sense I need to be up there. What about you, Brian? You coming? No, I don't sense I need to be up there. Well, that immediately disagreed with here. Well, well, if I sense to be there, my husband doesn't. We're one year married. I've got it wrong. This would not go away. Brian says, if you... That's what I love about Brian. He'll always push. He says, if you feel to be up there, get up there. So off I went, tottered up my own. And um, so there's an example of something there that yeah, I wasn't thinking about. But that was a witness. Um, another time I was doing the ironing one evening and um, somebody came to mind and knew they were going through a difficult time and knew a loved one was um, battling through stuff. But I felt leave the ironing. I says to Brian, I have to go right now. I left the ironing and I went to that person's door and uh, they were on their own, and they'd only come back from the hospital having got the news that their loved one had just passed away. And the timing of me arriving at their door was evident. There was no way of knowing. And it was a shock, because this person didn't know that the loved one was anywhere near passing away. You understand? That's how the Holy Spirit can lead. Phoning somebody right at the right time, you can just, you know, picked up the phone. Oh, yeah, I'm just going through this. That's Holy Spirit. Often when we go, well, always when we go on holidays, we'll, we'll inquire, Holy Spirit, do you have a holiday for us this year? And where do we go? And we follow the peace, Brown. I'll follow the peace. This particular time I was praying and uh, praying about the holiday. So I was probably a little bit ahead of Brian on the prayer for the holiday. And I, all of a sudden I saw lovely white, like, Caribbean sand, sandy beach. Oh, Car okay, that's Caribbean. Or next thing into my head was Florida, maybe Florida. Anyway, that whole thing led us to a holiday 
in Florida, Cocoa Beach, White Sand, um, and staying at, uh, we used a house, you know, that missionaries, overnight missions would use. And it was, re- it was free accommodation to us. God provided a wonderful holiday at very low cost. So listen, Holy Spirit, listen to him in every little, everything. Um, so also, just quickly, it's important that you don't ride over checks in your spirit. So you can be led, you can get that witness, and you can have a niggle, and sometimes you can ride over a niggle. And I just want to give you an example of that because it was a big example, um, or it's a good example. And I know Holy Spirit was trying to save me from some hardship. I meant to phone you and get a few details, Stephen, remind me. But it was back in, I was at 21, and some of my friends, including Stephen, were going to go island hopping in Greece. And I had done one year of uni, or two years of uni, three, maybe three. I was going in. I think I'd started an occupational therapy course. I'd done one year of that, and I was heading into my second year. So it was summertime. I wasn't taught. We weren't taught about all of this then, the leading of the Holy Spirit and so forth. But there was just something in my spirit. Was going, I just don't have a peace. We'd had really good series of meetings, what we would have called a presbytery back then, and we went. I went before the prophets. It was a high time in my life, and this holiday came up. It presented the, its opportunity. I had the money in the bank. Island hopping in those days, and probably still is, was very cheap. So I knew this was doable. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the friends. The fr- there was a group of friends, a group of five were going. I would have been the sixth person, but there was just something I didn't feel right about. I remember talking it over with mom. I don't know if you remember, mom, I talked it over with you. And you'd be all right, sure. So and so's going, and, you know, and your Stephen's going. And, you know, we were just talking through. So anyway, I booked my ticket. And we all traveled out. I think three traveled together. Stephen and somebody else traveled. And I was traveling my own because I went through London first. So we all arrived out in Athens. And then we started going island hopping. And, Anyway, we arrived in this island. We were on Mykonos, and we were about to go from Mykonos to Paros, another island. And so the arrangement was, um, we'll all meet down at the dock. Um, but there was wee markets and everything, so we had you know, a few hours to kill. So we had a wee time to come back to the docks. So all of our luggage was left. We took it in turns to mind the luggage um, at, at the docks, and off we went. So I was off... Um, at the markets and things, and then it came time to to go back. I was going back at the time that we'd agreed to the dock to see that there was nobody on the dock. Well, there was a few people in the dock, but none of my friends were in the dock. My luggage wasn't in the dock, and I saw this big boat disappearing. Remember, Steve? Disappearing. I mean, a massive boat that I knew was going back to Athens, and I thought... My luggage isn't here. Stephen is not here, who I would have known the best. The others aren't here. I know what's happened. They are on that boat. They've got the wrong boat. It's going to Athens. The boat coming to Paros, going to Paros isn't in yet. And I thought, what am I to do now? Thankfully, my dad's always trained me to keep your passports important. I had my passport and my money. There was no mobile phones in this, those days. I don't even think there were landlines because there was some we couldn't connect with home. 
out in those islands. So there was no way we could pick up the phone. Mom, has Stephen phoned you where we're going to meet? But there was no communication. Okay, I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to think, what was Stephen do? What's he going to think? Is he going to come back to Mykonos with me? Am I going to be safe on this Greek island on my own? I was 21, quite naive, but I had the Holy Ghost. So I thought, okay, well, there's a group of Irish guys, and I've always heard, stay with the Irish. So I just felt, stay with the Irish, I'll be safe. I said, can I, where are you going? They said, we're going to Mykonos. I said, can I join you? Join them. Told them what had happened. So I'd made my, or sorry, they're going to Paris. I decided I'm going on to Paris. I'm staying with the Irish. But when we got over there, they were going some other part in the island, and I couldn't. I couldn't go with them. I had to stay at the dock, because I figured the only way I can rendezvous with them again is I'm going to have to sit and wait at the dock for all of these boats to come in. That meant I had to spend a whole night on my own on Paros. And then I had to get up very early at five and sit and wait as every boat came in with masses of people. Who's been to Greece? Who's done Ireland Hopping? Anybody here? Masses of people would get off the boat and I had to sit and I was tired, watch one after the other after the other. Finally, I think it was 12 or 1 p.m., Stephen came. The other thing, somebody had been sent, was it you came? Somebody had been sent back to Mykonos in case I was there. But anyway, long story short, we finally got together. It was a difficult time, but that is not where the story ends. We had a good time, but we were all flying back at different times. Stephen flew back with the the person he came with, and that left four of us. Two of them went off, did something else. I was left with another girlfriend, and we went to another island for three days before flying back. And needless to say... There was just some things were happening that I wasn't quite happy with. So much so that I'd taken her passport. I was very concerned. I wasn't going to give it back. I was going to make her come back with me. because She was on a different flight, but I'm very concerned for her. But at the end of the day, she was an adult, so I had to give her passport back. I pleaded with her, come with me. Wouldn't come. Give her her passport back. And off I went. That meant me traveling from that island back to Athens, which was a horrible journey. You're loaded up on these massive big boats. I remember sitting freezing with shorts and all. And it was a night time. I was traveling at night. And you're just huddled up. We're all huddled up on deck and on my own and you know, all sorts going on around. I don't know if mom's even heard this story. Hallelujah. Cover your kids with blood every day when they go on holiday. Man, God will protect. That's he will always protect. Anyway, got back to Athens and it flew out the following day. And um, I arrived back to London and I was staying with family and mum and dad and some of my family here were coming over to meet me. And everything was fine. And then I think it was a few days later, four or five, four, fourth day maybe, I get a call from this person's, my friend's sister, saying, where is she? I don't want to say her name. Where is she? She didn't come off the plane. And so I had to go. Well, I last saw her here, last saw her there. By this stage, another day, there was no phone call back home. Nobody knew where my friend was. Her sister flew over to London to meet me. The whole stress of it all caused me to lose my voice. I remember going in the train into London to meet her at this uh, coffee shop, and I'd lost my voice. It was just sign language and writing. Crazy time. 
few days later, I finally made it back here. I was required to go down to Bangor Police Station, make a statement. The police sat me down and says, Karen, we need you to tell us everything. You were the last person with her. And the white slave trade is very operational out there. <laughs> I was put through that. The reporters then, I was working at a care home. The reporters were trying to track me down. I was told, say nothing to them. So the reporters are phoning for Karen Nabi and stuff like that. About a week, a week and a half later, she contacted her mum and all was okay. But can you see what Holy Spirit was trying to save me from? If I had been taught, like I've just been teaching you, I wouldn't have ridden over that check. I'd have known. I don't ride over checks now. I would have known. This is crucial. Now, I was safe, but there were situations and some of what I can't go into that I was exposed to, and Holy Spirit did not want any of that for me. So, hallelujah. But he, you know, he will protect. You've got to get that message as well, and he'll protect your children. Hallelujah. So, um, timing is important. When you, when you witness with something, when you've got a peace about something, then you also have to wait and get Okay, timing. Think of your timing. Because sometimes we can witness with a direction or witness with a decision, but our timing's all wrong. And because of that, we blow it. We miss it. So when you get a witness, it's certainly a decision or something, then you're going, well, what kind of sort of time scale? And often the Lord will just lead step by step. Maybe he'll not drop it. He'll not be able to say a time to you there and then, but he'll just gently lead you. So it's You've got that relationship with Holy Ghost. Um, Prophecy, just want to say quickly again, prophecy, somebody can speak into your life, whether that's a ministry of a prophet or just, you know, one of of each other. Just I want to encourage you today. I see this in your life. Um, But if it's anything futuristic, you've got to be very careful because you've got to first get it inside if you've not first got it inside, nobody should be coming. I don't care if it's your spouse, if it's your parent, if it's your pastor. You've got to, okay, sometimes ministry gifts will see a little bit ahead. Not always, but sometimes. But they should still be wise as when they would say anything. You get it in here, and everything else witnesses with that. Okay? So it's in here first, and then prophetic can come in, and they can confirm. It can be a confirming thing. I remember um, a little man, part of this house, and he caught me in the foyer years and years ago. It was way before I was met Brian. And he says, I can just see you. You're married. You're living in America. You're ministering from America. Your whole ministry's going to be in America. And I knew it was a wrong word because I knew that this land was so important to me and this was where my ministry was going to be. But he got part of it because I ended up marrying an American and I lived in America for some months. So sometimes people can get apart, but again, you have to know what to shift and what to keep. So let's have the worship team up um, just to close us. Actually, no, let's not, because worship team are going to be busy tonight. We'll have a great service ahead of us. 
So it's important, develop your spirit. Learn to follow the witness. Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit and follow the peace. If you don't have a peace about something, somebody maybe says something and you just get a niggle. Inquire. Well, what was that niggle about? God, find out. Don't just brush it off. What was that about? And develop that friendship with Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let's close our eyes and respond to this word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word. We want to live lives that are surrendered to you. We want to live lives that are in sync with you, Holy Spirit. We know that you're our helper and guide, that you witness with us, and we just afresh, just we just place our lives in your hand. Just do that in yourself. Just afresh, I place my my life in your hands. I trust you, Lord. I, I trust you to lead me through each day, because you know what's up ahead. You know what's up ahead tonight. You know what's up ahead tomorrow. And I'm going to be sensitive as you witness with my spirit. I'm not going to ride over that. I'm making up my mind. I'm, I'm going to take the promptings. I'm going to listen to the promptings. I'm going to follow the peace. I'm not ignoring the inner witness. I know you're such a good father. And you've given me Holy Spirit to lead me in all decisions, big and small, in my life, in every relationship. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.